Good morning. Greetings in the precious name of the Lord Jesus again today. Thank you to each of you who shared in the service already. The uh, exhortations that we've been given. Very fitting, very appropriate. So this morning, I, um, I've titled the message, The Reward of the Faithful. Um, so we're going to look at uh, a bit what the scripture has to say about uh, what you will experience Afterwards, after this life, after Christ's return, and uh, and largely, I'm I'm somewhat thinking of, and some of the scriptures will bear this out. After Christ's return, you know, there's we all or we have some limited understanding of what things will be like and, and limited understanding of how things are now for those who have passed on already. Um, and we know that there comes a point, as Scripture tells us, that Jesus will return and we, uh, we read indications of uh, in the Scripture that this old world's going to burn up and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and um, and yet we see some of those things, understand them uh, somewhat limited. But there are some things that are pretty clear in Scripture. And uh, one of those, some of those things are simply um, what you got to look forward to if you're faithful in life, faithful in Walking with God, faithful in uh, the yeah, faithful to the Lord, to His His uh, claims on your life and your claims in Him uh, to be a believer and so forth. So uh, that's where we're going this morning. What uh, what do we have to look forward to? Um, so, maybe before we go into the message, we could just spend a brief moment in prayer. Uh, if you're able, stand with me, and uh, we will pray. Our Father, thank you again for this day. Thank you for this assembly. Thank you for each person that is here and your interest in their lives We ask, Father, that today again you would bless, bless our gathering, bless our uh, worship, the preaching of the word. Father, may your spirit be present with us, 
filling us, each of us, giving us understanding, empowering us for the needs of the moment. Lord, we, we thank you for your promise and we thank you for your spirit, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, who is our help, who is part of you with us and indwelling us. And we are grateful for that again today. May your word minister to our hearts. May the things that we look at, may we understand them as you intended them, Lord. And uh, help us, Father, in the things that we don't clearly understand, to just accept them by faith, knowing that uh, you... You have the plan. You have the. Uh, you know exactly what uh, what's in store, what's ahead, whether it's in this life or whether it's in eternity, whether it's after Christ returns. You know exactly where and how things will be, and we are grateful for that. Today we ask for our hearts to be open, to understand, and to find strength and hope in that understanding. So, Lord, we commit this time to you. Again, ask a blessing on each one and a blessing on our assembly. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. So, I'm going to start this morning just by looking at a scripture in Acts, book of Acts, that... uh, In chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, verse 11, maybe I'll read verse 9 to 11. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. This is speaking of Jesus. And a cloud received him out of their sight. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. Uh, It's after the resurrection. It's uh, he's shown himself to them a few times, spoken to them here in uh, Acts. He instructs them about uh, receiving the Holy Spirit. Gives them a little bit of an instruction on what uh, what to expect. And as the scripture says here in verse 9, And while he spoke these things, when he spoke these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Wouldn't it be interesting if uh, death were that way? You know, we would be just visiting together, or maybe we'd be sitting here in an assembly and God decided to call one person home and they just suddenly, we'd watch them go. Wouldn't that be interesting? Anyhow, that's what happened here. Um, of course, Jesus, uh, he had a dead, he had died and then resurrected and his body wasn't, probably not quite the same chemistry ours is currently. But anyhow, um, so they're standing there talking to him and he just, up he goes, and after a bit of cloud closes in, and he's gone. They don't see him anymore. And they uh, 
looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. It says, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Two angels. Which they also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So, there's one of the scriptures that gives us a clear uh, word that Jesus is coming again. Somehow it's going to be somewhat similar to what they saw happen there. Um, he's going to come in the clouds of glo- uh, clouds, and and uh, we will see him. And so when that happens, things are going to change. We'll see some of that in the scriptures we look at today. And that's what we're going to focus on today. The reward of the faithful. What, uh, what, uh, what can we expect? What do we have to look forward to when Jesus comes again? Doesn't mean we don't have that to look forward to from the point of when we die. If we die before Jesus comes, we, you know, we have it all to look forward to. Uh, we're kind of focusing in on uh, when uh, Jesus comes again and things change. Anyhow, uh, so the first thing I'd like to just uh, think about a little bit in the, the reward of the faithful is that they get to be in the presence of God, in the presence of Christ. And we're just going to start in the book of Luke and just work our way through and look at a few scriptures that... Uh, give some context to that. So the first one is Luke twenty three forty three. This and I'll just read this verse maybe and then give a little uh, backdrop to it in Luke 23:43 and Jesus said unto him verily I say unto thee today shalt thou be with me in paradise and and that that scripture you know we're talking about uh, for the fa- the reward of the faithful is to be in the presence of Christ well that scripture is not talking about after he comes back but this uh, uh, after you die. This soldier, this is uh, Jesus' words to the one soldier who was crucified with him. The uh, the ones er, soldier, the the prisoner, the thief, the whatever uh, malefactors. The Bible calls them here. The one railed on Jesus, and the other one. Uh, in verse 40 says, Does thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. He, uh, this man uh, owned his sin and failure. And, and uh, he says, this, uh, But for this man has, hath done nothing amiss. He's done nothing wrong, speaking of Jesus. And then he turns to Jesus, he says to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. 
And that's when Jesus responded to him and said, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. So is it safe to say that this was the first individual who was saved by the blood of Jesus and went home? (laughs) Um, Anyhow, uh, so, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. We'll be in the presence of God. John chapter 14, verse 3, familiar scriptures. Jesus says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Again, just looking at the, the words of Christ and the fact that he's, he's saying we will be in his presence. Where he is, that is where we will be also. Uh, John seventeen twenty four. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Jesus' prayer was that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. I think that's pretty clear. We'll be with him, be in his presence. Uh, going to Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians five, we'll read verses six to eight. This is uh, Paul, and this is how he looks at it. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. And uh, Basically, what he's saying there is while we are living in this life, we are not living in the presence of God over there. We're living here. And then verse 80 says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So, once we exit this body, then we enter the presence of the Lord, is what he's saying. Uh, so, he's willing to do either. That was his testimony. But, uh, again, just the, the fact of when we are absent from here, we are present with the Lord, the reward of the faithful. Philippians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul again, for I am in a strait betwixt two having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So, uh, in this situation, Paul is saying he's, he's caught between two desires. 
Part of him would just like to depart this life and go and be in the presence of Christ. And yet, on the other hand, he realizes that his ministry and his calling to serve is not finished yet. And that's that's what he's saying in these these verses. I'm I'm stuck between two desires. I'd like to go and be with Christ. And that's that's the uh, the reward of the faithful. We have the promise to be with Christ. There's a few more scriptures we'd like to look at. First Thessalonians. No, let's go to Colossians first. Just a few pages. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. I'm not going to elaborate it on that verse a lot now. We will later. Uh, on, But... Uh, Again, that verse bears out the fact that when Christ, who is our life, in whom we have our faith, in whom we are trusting, who is our salvation, when he appears, like we read there in Acts, that he will, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Be in his presence. Now, First Thessalonians chapter 4. At this point, we'll just look at verse 17 and 18. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We'll look at more of this context later. But again, just the the idea of being uh, in the presence of the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And this particular scripture obviously is. When he returns, the context is when he returns. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This uh, this uh, concept or this truth, rather, of being in his presence when we die or after he returns is intended to be a, a truth that comforts us. Intended to be a truth that encourages our hearts. And it should comfort us if, you know, if we're... If our hearts are right with God, if we are walking in faithfulness to God. And then one more scripture in Revelation chapter 22 on this point. Revelation 22. Verse 3 to 5. says, And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Uh, they shall see his face uh, again. Will be in his presence, the reward of the faithful. Uh, be in the presence of God. I think that's something to look forward to. 
All right, the second uh, point I'd like to consider as uh, the reward of the faithful is that we will be changed into his likeness. And going back again uh, to Philippians chapter 3, we'll be changed in his likeness. Philippians 3, verse 20 and 21 Paul writing here, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Maybe uh, just to give a little bit of, uh, uh, explain that verse a little bit, our conversation is in heaven. Paul is saying while we, uh, we're living on earth and we're living for the Lord. We have our focus on heaven. We're getting our signals from heaven. We are, we are, uh, uh, we are, uh, we're not citizens of this country, but we look for a better. Our, our focus is heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So we shall be changed into his likeness. Um, I, again, I, I'll probably talk more about that just a bit later. First uh, John, John 3, verse 2. John now writing says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That scripture uh, gives us a lot of, a lot of, a lot to think about. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Okay, we're a Christian. We're walking with God. We're faithful in our, in our walk. We are the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. In other words, it's not totally clear. We don't see it. Uh, you know, we're limited in our understanding what it's going to be like. But, He says, we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. (laughs) We'll be changed to one scripture says, and here John says, we're going to be like him. Uh, Don't understand it all, but we we do know uh, that we're going to be like him. Then let's go to 1 Corinthians First Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> I'm going to read uh, several uh, sets of verses out of this chapter. Chapter 15 of First Corinthians, and we'll start in verse 35. 
Again, this context is a resurrection of the dead. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it may chance of wheat or some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him to every seed his own body. So, uh, he's using a natural process that we see happening out there every year, for the, basically, where farmers put, and, and homeowners or gardeners put seed in the ground, and a plant comes up. And uh, like Paul says, uh, they you don't uh, you don't uh, you don't go out there and dig a hole and stick a big stalk of corn down in the hole and cover it up. You put a seed in, and then the the plant comes up. Uh, so then we'll we'll see what he's wanting to teach us about the resurrection. So we go on to verse forty-two. And he says, so also is a resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. <clears throat> so the uh, the I mean, that's pretty clear. It's pretty easy to understand. So, uh, so is the resurrection of the dead. We put a worn out, physical, lifeless, physical body into the ground. It's a, it's, it's, it's dishonor, it's weakness, it's natural body, it's, uh, there's nothing impressive about it, is there? Uh, a corpse, nothing impressive about it. But we put it in the ground. And just like a seed comes up, a seed uh, is put in the ground and it it dies and, 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 and it, it germs and, and, a new bo- and a new plant comes out of that seed. That's the it, picture that we have of the resurrection where we... Uh, we're put in the ground and we will be raised up with a new body. Something uh, quite different than what was put in. And that's what uh, Paul is teaching us here. And then uh, verse 48 to 54, as is the earthy, so such are, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. 
So when this corruption, corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And I think I'll stop there. So, as we have uh, borne the image of the earthy, right at the moment, every one of you sitting here are bearing the image of the earthy. You have a an earthen vessel. And that's the image that you are bearing right now. But we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We're going to we're going to be something different after a while, sometime. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We're not going to heaven with these bodies. But, like he says here, I show you a a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Not everyone's going to die. Jesus is going to come back and there's going to be Christians here on the earth. Not every, uh, yeah, not everyone's going to die. The dead in Christ... Or the dead, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and those who are remaining alive at that point will be changed. So that's uh, the reward of being of the faithful is that we will be changed into His likeness. We will bear the image of the heavenly, whatever that is. Uh, we don't know exactly, as uh, the Apostle John says, we don't exactly understand it, but we know that we're going to be like him. We're going to bear the image of the heavenly. Psalm 17, verse 15, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. I will be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. So the reward of the faithful is that we will be changed into his likeness. Third point. The reward of the faithful is that we will be be a partaker of his glory. Um, Again, we look at several scriptures. Maybe begin with, uh, let me just quote John 17:24. We, uh, we looked at that, this before, but uh, John 17:24, "Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me." And we'll just uh, note that he's at, he's saying to the Father that he wants those who believe in him to behold and experience his glory. Uh, his, and what is glory? You know, what does the word mean? What, what are we looking forward to? Well, I don't know exactly how you would describe it, but um, have you ever Uh, just happened upon or seeing something very majestic, something extremely beautiful, something 
you know, maybe uh, the the sky one night just just looks quite amazing. It, it, it's it's like it's glory. That's uh, that's a little bit what uh, what I think about when uh, when I think about glory. Something almost indescribable. Something so much beyond of anything that we experience, perhaps here and now. <clears throat> uh, we we get some glimpses of it, <coughs> and uh, let's go to Revelation 21 again. Twenty-one nine to fourteen. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, Come hither and I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descend out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most Precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And had a wall great and high and twelve gates and, and, the, and at, at the gates twelve angels and the names written thereon were the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. <clears throat> and on the east three gates and on the north three gates and the south three gates and on the west three gates and the wall of the city had twelve foundations in them the names of the twelve apostles and of the Lamb. Uh, just uh, goes on and gives some measurements and things, but this, uh, uh, without a doubt, he was uh, he is showing us something uh, majestic. Having the glory of God and her light was like unto the stone of, uh, like a stone most precious. Uh, let's pick up again in verse 21 to 27. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every gate was a pearl, was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold as if it were transparent glass. And I saw the, and I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. The city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. The nations also of them that are saved shall walk in the light of it. The kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth nor work whatsoever work of the abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. <clears throat> so there we have uh, just glimpses into the glory of the place. <laughs> uh, streets of gold, uh, hard, uh, things we can't imagine. Just kind of long and short of it. Things that we can't quite comp- uh, we can't comprehend, uh, but it's going to be a majestic uh, place. Not only just the the uh, 
whatever the sustenance of it, but the fact that the presence of God is going to permeate everything, everywhere, and will will be there in it, in 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 that presence. Not only will we be behold the glory, we will be partakers of the glory. Uh, we'll live in its reality. And I don't exactly know what Daniel means here, uh, but I'll read two verses from Daniel 12. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, speaking of the resurrection, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Uh, Again, just speaking of glory and majesty and and, uh, an amazing reality. Paul also had this to say in Romans 8.18, For I reckon that the, present, that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that which shall be revealed in us. Uh, again, just speaking of the glory to come. Uh, the glory uh, of the presence of God. Peter also had a similar word when he, in, in uh, 1 Peter 5.1. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Uh, again, just just a little nugget of scripture that gives a, an indication or points us toward a glory that will be a part of our experience of the faithful. You know, when, when we think about glory and we think about... Uh, uh, we see, we get glimpses into it in the Old Testament in several places. Uh, for example, uh, we have in Genesis, maybe I'll turn to that scripture. We have in Genesis chapter uh, 17, we have Abraham and we, we have uh, his response when he sees some of the glory of God. In, uh, in Genesis 17, the first three verses, it says, And when Abraham was ninety years old and, and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham. Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him. You know, the, uh, we, we see that at different, in different scriptures. Uh, when... Uh, God showed men uh, a, a bit of his glory. And we know that it was actually a very, very limited uh, amount of it that men generally fell on their face and uh, worshipped. Isaiah uh, said the same thing or had a similar response in Isaiah 6.5. When he saw the glory of God and he says, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And we have, actually, we, let's, let's turn to this one in Revelation. We have uh, John's response at the beginning of the book of Revelation uh, chapter 
1. So John, in verse 9, uh, John starts to share a, just a bit of his testimony of what happened. He says, uh, his, his says I, I was in the Spirit, in verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And then in verse 12, he says, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And then he describes what he saw. And in verse 17, he says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Again, just thinking about the glory and the magnificence and how uh, it just kind of in, in, in it wiped people off their feet, you might say. It, it stunned them. It uh, hard to describe, but That's the glory that we will live in the reality of. And we won't be, I don't know, intimidated. It's not the word. And it really isn't the word for these older Old Testament folks either. Uh, But we won't won't be, well, yeah, so you have Isaiah. He says, woe is me. We, We won't be living in that state anymore. Woe is me. We'll be past all of that. And, uh. And we'll be able to enjoy that that glory uh, without any uh, reservation. So it's a glory that uh, we'll be able to uh, behold and live in its reality. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Uh, the reward of the faith, faithful is living in the new heaven and new earth. Uh, Peter, Second Peter. Verse uh, chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Actually, we'll go to verse 13, I believe. Yeah, verse 13. Verse, beginning of verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, Wherein dwelleth righteousness. So that's one of the things that is a re- is a reward of the faithful. Uh, we uh, we the new heavens and the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Isaiah sixty five verse seventeen. Before behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. That's the the promise to the faithful. Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So we get uh, we get get some pretty uh, good glimpses into what's to come and what we have to look forward to as uh, if we're faithful. And let, we we already read this verse. It, Revelation twenty one twenty seven. There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. All the uh, all, all the sin and the debauchery and uh, and the the wickedness that is in this world in this existence will be gone. It just simply won't be there. And that is kind of hard to imagine, isn't it? Because we live in a, in a, in a world, um, that is filled with sin. We live in bodies that, like the scripture says, the flesh, uh, the lust of the flesh. We live in bodies that suggest and desire to be uh, sin to to do to to do the things that aren't right, uh, that's all going to be gone, and it'll just be uh, a blissful existence with no evil pressures. Period. They'll be gone totally, and the glory of heaven to live in. So the reward of the faithful is living in a new her- new heaven and a new earth. And uh, the last uh, the next point I'd like to give some consideration to in the reward of the faithful, and I kind of alluded to this already, is that is the the no more. The no mores that won't be uh, that won't be a part uh, that won't be present in the new heaven and the new earth, and uh, we'll look at uh, some scriptures that talk about no more, uh, and we'll begin in Revelation chapter seven. Verse sixteen and seventeen says they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light upon them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So, no more hunger. You know, whether it's, uh, whether it be spiritual hunger or natural hunger. We won't feel any lack in any area anymore in that new heaven and in that new earth. Uh, The faithful, there will be no lack. There will be no hunger. There will be nothing lacking. And there will be no more tears. We we, uh, 
seen that here in this verse, and we also have that in Revelation 21, verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You know, the... um, There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more reason to have tears. Um, there'll be nothing sad. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be nothing. Uh, uh, there'll be no pain. No more. You know that's uh, while we we look and we anticipate in uh, the things that we will experience. There are the things that we will no longer experience. (laughs) And that's a blessing too. And that's what we're looking at here. Uh, Revelation 24, uh, 21, verse 4. No more death. We read that. No more death. You know, we often shed tears when there's death. And there will be no more death. No more uh, reason to, to cry. There'll be no more curse. Revelation 22, verse 3 says, There'll be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. You know, what was, uh, what was the result of the, of the curse of sin back in the garden? They were driven out of the garden. They were driven away from God's presence. The earth no longer brought forth her full potential. There were thorns and thistles that cumbered humanity and still do. Uh, There was uh, the need of toiling by the sweat of the brow to earn a living and etch out an existence. those things are, they'll, they'll be all gone. No more curse. No droughts. No storms. No pandemics. No, uh, nothing of that sort. It'll all be history. All be gone. And you know, it's interesting. It says no more curse there. And then the very, or, or, or let me say it this way, that the, that statement, there'll be no more curse, uh, follows verses 1, 2, and 3, or verses 1 and 2 here of chapter 22, where it speaks of the, uh, river of life, river of water of life, and the, uh, tree of life bearing seven manners of fruit, uh, gives us a picture of all of that and then it says there will be no more curse by the way the curse is done away it's finished it's gone and then there will be no more night um, <clears throat> as that one scripture indicated that there, the, the gates won't be shut by day uh, and there will be no night there and you know night in scripture often uh, like in Ephesians Paul talks about the works of darkness and, and night and night often represents uh, darkness and and such and, and interesting that in this environment there is no night uh, 
darkness, anything related to darkness is gone, totally gone. No night there. Okay, Um, so the reward of the faithful. Revelation 21, verse 3, says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And, of course, goes on to give more. But I'd like to uh, just kind of close in on that again a little bit. You know, it'll be, a, I guess you'd say, it'll be a little bit like it was back in the garden. Um, we know that in the garden, uh, there was a, a period of time where Adam and Eve lived in the presence of God and had fellowship with God. And, and then sin came and that barrier and that wall and this, the relationship was cut. Here, uh, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Uh, total, unhindered, unchallenged fellowship with God. That's what uh, you have to look forward to. No longer seeing through a glass darkly, but face to face. Seeing him face to face. Not some of the time, but all the time. Uh, That's a reward of uh, the faithful. Living in the dwelling in the presence of God forever. And then closing yet with verse uh, 7 of Revelation 21. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. So, he that overcometh. You know, we we spent just a little bit of time looking at some of the scriptures that talk about what is to come. He that overcometh will inherit all of it. And we we are just completely limited in our understanding. But he that overcometh will inherit all of it. Everything that you can imagine that is uh, that you read about and that you, he, he that overcometh. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. You know, that that's a personal verse. And it's he, that person, whoever that person is, whether it's, you, 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 he that overcomes. I will be his God. I will be her God. And he shall be my son. You know, the scripture often uses plurality. And uh, you know it's all part of church, uh, our reality here. But you know what? It still does boil down to our personal 
walk with God, our personal. Uh, and God, uh, <clears throat> that's a comforting verse, very comforting. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. That's the reward of the faithful. I hope that uh, you were encouraged with those thoughts as I was encouraged pondering them. And uh, may we all be faithful and, in, and inherit those things that are waiting for the faithful. If you're able, kneel with me and we'll close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for the revelation that we have of the eternal. While we do see very uh, limit, limited uh, understanding, limited perception, we acknowledge that, but we do thank you for what we have in the scriptures. And thank you for your spirit that enables us to understand. Father, I pray that uh, we, each of us, could overcome, be overcomers, be overcomers again and again as the tests and battles and, and uh, realities of life face us. Help us. Give us strength. Give us courage. Give us grace to overcome be faithful to the end. Lord, we know it is your spirit that you have sent forth to empower us. Grant us, Father, your spirit. Fill us, each of us, with your spirit. Help us to understand where the battlefront is for us, each of us individually and to be able to draw from your resources to overcome the wicked one. So, Father, again, thank you. Thank you for this assembly. Bless again each one present. And if there are those who would have had a desire to be with us and aren't able, bless them as well. And, Father, thank you for freedom in our country to worship this way. Bless those who are in governments and pray that this freedom could continue. And that we wouldn't uh, become lethargic because of it, but that we would be diligent and uh, make good use of the opportunity. So, Father, again, thank you. Bless and keep us in the week ahead and help us, Father, to be overcomers. Lord, we thank you and bless you again in Jesus' name. Amen.